You know, the song that was written by James Weldon Johnson, Dim Bones, you heard it prefaced here at the, during the children's time. He lived from 1871 to 1938, so this song has been around for quite a while. It was inspired by the reading today from Ezekiel chapter 37. The opening sequence goes something like that that you see up on the board. You may know the words and you may know the song, but what they communicate speak about how we are all connected together by the power of God and by the Word of God. Ezekiel connected them dry bones. Ezekiel connected them dry bones. Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. Now hear the word of the Lord. I knew I couldn't remember them all. The toe bone connected to the foot bone. You say it with me. You can sing these with me. Foot bone connected to the heel bone. Heel bone connected to the ankle bone. Ankle bone connected to the shin bone. The shin bone connected to the knee bone. The knee bone connected to the thigh bone. The thigh bone connected to the hip bone. The hip bone connected to the backbone. Backbone connected to the shoulder bone. The shoulder bone connected to the neck bone. Now hear the word of the Lord. Them bones, them bones, them drunk around. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Now hear the word of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, my friends, my brothers and sisters, but if I were to see them bones get up and go walking around, dancing around, I'd go crazy screaming my head off trying to get away. Makes, yes, makes, makes uh, the walking dead look easy. The walking skeletons, or in this case, the dancing skeleton, would be terrifying. If it weren't for the funness of the song and the neatness of trying to trace the bone structure up the body as you sing it, or trying to do it backwards and going down, which is the harder part. If it weren't for doing that, I'd think I'd be terrified by a song about that a valley of dry bones the valley of dry bones is likened to the people of israel in our reading today the valley of dry bones represents the people of god in captivity in babylon the dry bones represent the people of god shattered and broke apart their hopes their dreams shattered and broke apart taken into captivity where they have died now for more than two generations in captivity. No hope, no future, no faith. The Valley of Dry Bones represents the people of God taken away into captivity. This happened several times. The, the, the northern kingdom of Israel struggled and fought against the Assyrians after having uh, worshipped other gods, God turned them over to the Assyrians, and in 720 B.C. the Assyrians destroyed the northern kingdom and carted the people off into captivity to disappear to history. The people of the southern kingdom, they also went astray and worshipped other gods. The Babylonians came in and attacked them and destroyed them and took their cities, destroyed the temple, raised it to the ground, blinded the king and carted the king and the royalty and the intelligentsia and the landed gentry off into captivity 
and the people off into captivity in Babylon. Disconnected them from the land, disconnected them from their culture, disconnected them from their roots, disconnected them from each other. And so they were like a valley of dry bones, brittle, dead, no hope for a future. Brittle and dead, destitute, scattered, worthless, a valley of dry bones. And it's in this story, in this context, that you have God calling on Ezekiel and placing him into this valley. And he led me around them, the bones. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. And the Lord said to me, mortal, can these bones live? Rhetorical question, and Ezekiel knew it. Knew it. Oh, Lord God, you know they can't. Then the Lord said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know I am the Lord. Wow. These bones that are dead, that are dry, that are broken, that are scattered into piles, that have no hope, that have no chance, they might be useful as tools, but for very little else. My dog Fanny would love to go play among them, but for very little else, they're worthless. God's going to bring them together. God's going to recreate from them the people of Israel. God's going to recreate from them His children. God's going to recreate from them who have no hope, who have no dreams, a people. A people of faith. I prophesied as He commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise. A rattling as the bones came together. Right there, I wouldn't be standing there prophesying. I'd be running the other direction as quickly as I could. As I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling of the bones coming together, bone to its bone. I looked and there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Ooh. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon this, those slain that they may live. The breath of God is seen here. This is a, a pulling from the Old Testament imagery 
of the Spirit of God, the Ruach or the breath of God being like the wind fluttering and blowing all over the world. And here it comes in to bring life to the people. The people have been scattered far and wide. And now they're going to be brought together again. I prophesied as He commanded me. And the breath came into them. The breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Oh, woe is us. We are just dry bones. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough resources. We don't have anything that we can do. We are worthless, good-for-nothing, dry bones, dead with no hope. That's the people of God. Therefore prophesy to them, saying, Thus says the Lord God, I'm going to open your graves. O oh, my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. I'm going to bring you back together. I'm going to bring you back to the promised land. I'm going to bring you back to the land that I gave you. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. You are dead. You are scattered. You are dry bones. But I will bring you back. I will bring you together. You are dead. You are dry, dread pe dead people. You are dead, dry bones. But I will bring you back together and bring you back to the land that I have given you. And you will know that I am the Lord your God. O oh, my people, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. This is the promise that God made to his people. This is the promise that God made to the Israelites. They are scattered. They are beside the river Chebar. They are dying in the wilderness. They are dying in captivity. They are dying, spread and scattered, refugees living in a land that is not their own, amongst people that are not their own. They are disconnected from each other. And God says, you may think you are dead as bones. You may think you are dry and dead, but I will bring you back together. Well, it's impossible, God. It's impossible for you to bring us back. We're dry bones. That means we can't come back. We're worthless. We're trash. Just a valley of dry bones. And God says, no, I will put my breath in you. And not only will skin grow on you and tinnions grow on you, and not only will, will, will your bones come back together, not only will you have organs within you again, and not only will blood pump within you, but I will put my breath, my life into you. I will put my breath, 
my very presence, my spirit into you, and you shall live, says the Lord. You know what? This happened. It happened twice. The people are in captivity in Babylon. They were carted off into captivity, having been destroyed by the Babylonians. They are imprisoned. They are scattered on land not their own. They have no leadership. They don't even have the Torah. Most of the people have never heard the Word of God, much less read it. Only a few scribes were familiar with it, copying it, writing it down in some cases, drafting it. They don't even have the Torah. They have the memory of the promised land. They have the memory of Moses. They have the memory of Abraham, the father of faith. They have the memory of what God had done for them in the kingdom of David, in the kingdom of Solomon. They have the memory of their sin, which is why they are in captivity. They have the memory of their failure, which is why they are in captivity. And then God comes to Ezekiel, and through Ezekiel says this to them. And it wasn't just some pie-in-the-sky hope and dream. It was God making a promise that God would do this. And God did it. God brought, yes, amen. God did it. God brought them back. Cyrus, king of Medo-Persia, rose up and defeated Babylon. Babylon collapsed under its own corruption and weight as well as exterior attacks, attacks from the outside, attacks from the east, attacks from the Medo-Persians. And Cyrus, king of Persia, came in and defeated the Babylonians and brought that kingdom down. And then an edict went out from Cyrus saying those people who had been deported from all the lands from which they, the Babylonians had taken them, those people that had been deported can go home. So the Israelites, the Judahites, the people of the southern kingdom started to return home to the promised land, to Palestine, to Judea, to Israel. They went home, they rebuilt their cities, they rebuilt their farms, they rebuilt their culture, they rebuilt the temple, they rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. They became a people again, a community again. They came back together and lived again. God fulfilled His promise. He brought them back. He made them live again. And He did this 400 years before Jesus. Wow, listen to that rain. He did it 400 years before Jesus, and He did it again in the 1940s when He brought the Israelites back from where they were scattered all over the world. He brought the Judahites back from where they were scattered all over the planet. He brought the Judahites, the Jews, back to Palestine and founded the modern state of Israel. He did it again 2,000 years later. Worked an amazing miracle. 
and a miracle that we can look to because we serve a God of miracles, we believe in a God of miracles, we follow a God of miracles, we know that if God can work miracles like this and bring the people back from captivity twice, God can work a miracle with us, bringing us from our dry bones, bringing us from our dead valley back to life again. Just as God is pouring the rain on the building today and converting this dry land into a watered land and watering our parched earth, so also God can pour His love, His grace, His life, His faith out into us and convert our dry bones into a new life, into a new church. Last week I asked you, are you asleep? Last week I said that God called us to be light, not darkness. God called us to be children of light, not children of darkness. God called us to make us a people of light, and not to be asleep, but to be awake. Well, today I ask you, are you dead? Are you dry bones? Are you a valley of dry bones? Are you a scattered, parched valley of dry bones? Because if you are, you have a promise here in Scripture that if you turn to the Lord and act in faith, He will put His life back into you. He will put skin on your bones, meat on your bones, life in your blood, and His Spirit into your life. And you will live again. My brothers and sisters, we are all called to go from being dead bones in a valley of dry bones to being living servants of God. We're called to go from being sleeping and slumbering, dead and scattered, dry bones, to being a people of God, resurrected to serve. Well, we don't have the resources, we don't have the time, we don't have the money, we don't have the people. That's what they said there in captivity in Babylon. And God called them to faith. And they acted in faith. And God transformed them and brought them back to life and brought them back to the land and gave them new life and new hopes. A hope for a Messiah. A hope for the Anointed One. A hope for Jesus. And God worked a miracle in them. If God worked a miracle in them of this magnitude and of this proportion... God can work a miracle in you. No matter how dry you are, no matter how scattered your bones are, no matter how parched you may be, God can work a miracle in you. That's the message of the resurrection too. That's the message of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the message of His death on the cross for our sins. God comes to be among us to transform us, to forgive us, to call us back from the valley of dry bones, and to give us life anew. If only we will say yes. My prayer for Northgate, my prayer for you, is that no matter how parched your valley may be, no matter how dry your bones may feel, no matter how weak your resources may seem to you, my brothers and sisters, God promises to bring you back. If only you will respond in faith. Hear the promise. Them bones are going to live again.
Them bones here. Them bones over there. Yes, I mean your dim bones. Dim bones over here. Dim bones out here. Melba, Marianne, Anne. Dim bones over there. Dim bones over here. Dim bones are going to live again and dance again and sing again. Dim bones are alive with the Spirit of Jesus Christ our Lord, with the Spirit of God. If only you'll have faith. So often Christians are like the three monkeys. You've seen the three monkeys. My dad had a picture of them. You know, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. And then he had the last one that said, have no fun. Well, we're like the monkeys. We want to hear no spirit, see no spirit, and speak no spirit. We want to hear no God and see no God and speak no God. We want to hear no faith, see no faith, and speak no faith. We just want to sit in our dry valleys and do nothing. Well, if we hear no faith and see no faith and speak no faith, we will have no fun. We will be dead dry bones in a valley of dry bones. But if we hear faith and if we see faith and if we speak faith, if we hear grace and see grace and speak grace, if we hear the Spirit and see the Spirit and speak the Spirit, we will have the life of Christ within us. We will be raised from the dead of our parched bones and we will indeed live And be the people and children of God that God has called us to be. My prayer for you, my prayer for Northgate, is that you will see and hear and speak faith and live by faith. And your dry bones be brought back together and given life anew. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In your presence, Lord, let me learn at your feet. I will taste the riches of You have been listening to a sermon by Dr. Gregory Neal, Senior Pastor of Northgate United Methodist Church and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2014 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information or to listen to other sermons by Dr. Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at Northgate United Methodist Church, 
3700 West Northgate Drive, Irving, Texas, 75062. This program was produced by Dr. Gregory Neal. Okay. <laughs> A little levity is probably good for this, as this is an announcement that I didn't want to make. And to get through it, I'm just going to read it. My dear brothers and sisters at Northgate, you are such an awesome congregation, blessed with love and faith, and I count it as among my greatest honors to be called your pastor. My past three years of ministry among you have been both a joy and a humbling experience for me. You have graced me with so much, your love and acceptance, your willingness to listen and to grow, your patience and your prayers have all been deeply coveted and gratefully received. It has been my privilege to be among you, to call you my people, and to serve alongside you in the vineyard called Northgate. I would love to continue with you for years to come. However, we are United Methodists, and United Methodists have a shared, sent apostolic ministry. Your pastors come among you to serve for a period of time, and then move on to serve elsewhere as the bishop appoints and you in turn receive new pastoral leadership. This was true when Margie moved into a new phase in her life and ministry, and it is true today with me. Effective July the 1st, 2014, I will be moving to take the position as senior pastor at First United Methodist Church in Commerce, Texas. At that time, Northgate UMC will receive a new pastor. During this time of transition, I ask your prayers for Bishop Michael McKee and the Cabinet, especially your District Superintendent, the Reverend Cami Gaston, as they pray and work to identify the right pastor for Northgate. The Pastor Parish Relations Committee will be in prayer and consultation with Reverend Gaston in order to advise the Bishop and the Cabinet as to the qualities and character you are looking for in your future pastor. Please pray for your PPR and for its Chair, Marianne Lovell as they help the cabinet to discern the future pastoral leadership of Northgate. Marianne, would you and the rest of the uh, staff parish, Pastor Parish Relations Committee, please stand. Gail, please stand as well. Wave, let, let it so people can see who and where you are. Please speak to these members of Pastor Parish, Staff Parish Committee, and the lay leader. If you have uh, things that you want, ideas, needs that you want in your future pastor, please articulate those to them so they can advise the cabinet as to what your pastoral needs are. And you have not yet met with Cammie, is that correct? Okay. So, and you haven't even heard from her. Okay. So you will be hearing from her soon. I, I can guarantee that. So I ask that you communicate to them your concerns and your needs so that they can then advise the cabinet as to the pastoral concerns uh, for pastoral leadership this church has. You have an opportunity to speak your needs. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to do that. You may be seated. Over the coming three months, I ask your continued prayers for me. I have deeply felt your prayers over the past three years as I have moved through my ministry among you. I ask for your continued prayers now as I begin the process of transitioning to a new mission field. As always, my ears, doors, phone, and email are open to you if you wish to talk with me about this or any other matter relating to the mission and ministry of Northgate. Please feel free to speak with me at any time about any concern. 
and know that you have been and will always be in my prayers. It has been my honor and joy and privilege to serve as your pastor these three years. While I may be moving on in ministry and in, a, in just a few months, I will no longer be your pastor. I will always be your brother in Christ, and I will always be your friend. I will pray for you. I ask that you pray for me. We still got three months. God bless you. <laughs> Get on the